0: Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today is going to be a fun episode with Lorenzo Sartini, the founder of GoHunt.com. Lorenzo, how are you doing? Doing really good. Doing really good. How are you? I've been well. It's um, It's been a while since I've had you on the podcast. Um, GoHunt is just growing. The Insider's growing. GoHunt.com's just growing. and It's been a little bit hard to corral you as busy as you are. Tell us what's going on with GoHunt. Yeah, I was actually just thinking about how long it's been. Um, but, yeah, it, there's
1: been a lot going on with GoHunt, both growing internally, hiring new people, and also growing the product. Uh, we've come out with a bunch of new features this year so far, and we're going to continue to come out with those um, through the rest of this year. But I think the, the biggest highlights right now are Kansas, or uh, California is right around the corner from being launched. Um, we've been working on that state pretty heavily. I know, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it bad air towards California, but just kind of some, some negative interpretation of the state for hunting, but there's so much opportunity over there. Um, obviously not for elk or anything like that, but for deer, you get to hunt them in July. So it's before anything starts out here in the West. Um, so it's a pretty big state for us and it's our biggest, uh, you know, it's our our biggest state of usership for the site. So we wanted to get back to those residents and um, get their state up and going. So that's here in the next couple days. Uh, We'll have that going live. And I actually just got out of a meeting um, putting together our roadmap for the rest of the year. Um, So that was uh, a very long meeting, uh, to say the least. So basically, we you know, this time of year right now with application season, we try to get all of our stuff done as far as enhancements go to go hunt before January 1st. So it's ready to go um, for the application season because obviously that's what our our brand and our product does the most for a hunter is help them during the application process right now. So um, yeah, we just finalized that roadmap. And I think one of the things we can talk about is a, a, a hunter dashboard. So basically a Digitized version of what every hunter has written down on a piece of paper as far as the state they're applying in, how many points they have for each species, um, so on and so forth, of strategy, overall strategy of how they want to bounce each state off of each other. So that was pretty exciting to talk about today, and I can't wait to get that going live. But,
0: um, so in other words, yeah, all the in dashboard all, is, is going to be like an Excel spreadsheet, like or like you said, people have it on a napkin. Um, yeah. But basically, will it keep track of all your Western states, all the points you have, and then as you apply, um, will you have to manually um, add, add up your numbers, or or will it add them up for you, or how is that going So to work? we're we're working on the inner logistics of it, so I can't quite um,
1: answer that right now. Um, we're just yeah. kind of putting together the very first templates of what it's going to look like, and then we'll start to work on the back-end capability. Um, but obviously, we... You know, we strive to have the absolute best and easiest product for our consumers. So we're going to do everything in our power to uh, make it as easy and as intuitive and as um, forward-thinking as possible, which would be, you know, doing the numbers for you. So yeah. We'll, we'll work on the back end and see what's possible. We're not exactly sure what it is. We're kind of in discovery mode right now. So once we figure that out, we'll be, be able to be off and running with it, and I'll be able to update you on
0: how that's going to work. Lorenzo, um, for the listeners out there that maybe are new to the podcast and maybe new to Mm -hmm. GoHunt.com, I'd like to say a few things. You know, you've been the title sponsor of my podcast basically since inception. I think it was about the fifth episode when you guys jumped on to be the title sponsor. um, we've had a great relationship and a great partnership, Um, but it's been so It's been so fun to watch GoHunt.com from a distance, so to speak. You know, I'm not in your office every day and not, you know, Mm -hmm. involved with the inner workings of your office. But I remember we used to talk about on podcasts, you know, you were like, Jay, this is, you know, like this is the Apple iPhone 1 and now we're in Apple iPhone 2. And, you know, just kind of making an analogy or a reference compared to, you know, and some of the things that I was you know, saying, well, what about this? What about that? And you're like, well, that's, you know, that's down on the six or seven, you know, from, exactly. from a founder exactly. standpoint, uh, you know, from a founder standpoint, uh, where is GoHunt.com right now? And has that already far exceeded your expectations? Or do you have all kinds of stuff in your mind and up your sleeve that, that you want to see GoHunt, you know, accomplish? Yeah, I mean, It's kind of a long question, but like, you know, back up for a second. If any of the new listeners don't know about GoHunt.com, talk a little bit about the inception. Uh, you know, your idea as a founder, what you wanted to see out of GoHunt.com and the Insider, and, and and kind of tell them about what it's all about. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: to to answer it in as few words as possible from a thirty thousand foot level, GoHunt, the original. Uh, inception of the idea was to be the one-stop shop for Western hunting, to allow people to find the opportunities that are available through the click of a mouse, to to you know have the the mathematics of draw odds for the trophy hunters and people carrying a ton of preference and bonus points out there to have easy access to um, you know the mathematical equations of how and when they can plan on drawing their tags, um, all the information needed for every possible unit in the West because. Um, you know, we're firm believers that it's not just about the five best units in each state because a lot of guys, you know, in my age class, we sadly will never catch the preference point level, and, you know, some of these hunts are quite a bit out of reach for us, so we're all about, you know, the sixth best unit all the way down to the bottom. We just want to go out and and get hunting every year as much as we can, so we were all about spreading, spreading the word of how much opportunity is really out there, and we wanted to put it in one place, so... And you know the user could find the hunt that specifically matches what they're looking for. So, on a thirty thousand foot level, we want we want to be the one stop shop for a Western hunter to get any question that they would have in their mind answered by by using our site. And if we're going to stick with the uh, the iPhone analogy, which I I do love because it applies pretty you know pretty easily to what we're doing over here, I would say right now we're probably on like the iPhone five. Sometimes, you know, as a as a you know founder of the business and having all of these brilliant minds around us in in the office, where we are now, sometimes you know it's just you, you get in you get stuck in that mindset where it's like it's not enough, it's not enough. We need to move faster. We need to move faster, and that's because we have our roadmap, our product roadmap, written out for the next five to seven years, depending on how quickly we can work, we have the next, you know, like I said, the next five to seven years of enhancements written down, um, being what we call wireframed, basically putting the idea into context to understand uh, what we're going to need to do to pull it off. So we have that clear down the road. So when I sometimes when you look forward here in the office, it's we need to move faster, we need to move faster, and then sometimes looking back, you sit there and go, wow, in three years, we've you know we've really accomplished a lot. You know we have the most engaged and biggest membership base around, and um, it just it continues to grow, continues to get more traction. We continue to receive more ideas from our users, which we love. Uh, we're also firm believers in you know it's impossible to think of everything, especially when you know you sit in the office and everybody kind of starts to think similarly. And we all we don't necessarily get pigeonholed, but you know, essentially we're all trying to tackle the same goal, you know, day after day. And it's nice to have a fresh idea or a fresh set of eyes look at our site from one of our one of our users and members and say, Hey, I got a great idea. You know, can you guys ever add this? And a lot of those ideas are what's in our roadmap for the next five to seven years. So I would say, you know, looking looking back, it's it's pretty uh, pretty awesome to see what we've accomplished and how quick how quickly we've done it and how we've changed this research industry of western hunting, which is obviously the most important part of western hunting because if you don't do the research and you don't understand the opportunities in the states, you're not going to be hunting in the fall. So you know we've tackled that that hardest part of it. And looking forward, it's uh, you know you always always want what you don't have. So I want to keep adding these these enhancements and these add-ons as quickly as we possibly can. So it's kind of a balancing act, really, for us um, in the office, kind of that look back, look forward scenario. So depending on what what mood we're in, you know, we're either very fired up to move even faster or, you know, sometimes we take a breath and celebrate the small things that we've done so far. So, um, you know, all in all, go hunt is continuing to be, you know, that leading edge of the one-stop shop. Uh, there's a lot of ways you could say that we're not the one-stop shop yet. There's a lot of ways to say that we are. Um, but I'm very confident in the next five years that, you know, the only answer would be that we actually are the only one-stop shop out there.
0: How important is it, you know, when you've got those roadmaps and you're looking at, you know, out in the horizon, you're looking five to seven years and you – obviously technology is changing every day. Um, you know, the, the, the computer, the, the mobile device, the iPads, you know, the, the, the cellular phone goes, you know, all digital and it's, you know, it's, it's basically in everybody's pocket at, at all times. Mm-hmm. How important is it to also be adaptable as technology and different things change because, you know, three years ago, we're at a completely different te- technological age than we were even three years ago, not to mention 10 years ago. Um, but as someone that's constantly, you know, trying to keep touch of all this stuff, um, you, you really have to keep your pulse on technology changes as well. Talk a little bit about that and some of the challenges that, you know, that, that brings uh, with what's happened to be on so on top of your game, you and all your staff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the phone the, the smartphone has
1: single handedly changed everything when it comes to technology and it kind of sits in the driver's seat of where it's all going. The the phone capabilities kind of drive the technology set of what's out there. And the general rule is if you're using six month old technology, you're using old technology. I don't you know, that's not a end all be all statement. That's just kind of a, a working statement that is kind of within the industry. So for us our biggest commitment is always investing in new technology to make sure that our you know our site and our, our next technology our next technology products to come are the best that they possibly can be and that's staying up on the current technology stack that's available and making sure it's um, you know tied into everything that we've built in the past. So it's honestly can be a pretty pretty big headache. We're constantly, <laughs> In meetings, talking about how we're going to juggle, um, you know, the technology enhancement. Because you can you can get stuck sitting there going, okay, well, if I invest, you know, X amount of money into renewing our technology, there's not really an ROI or a benefit to the user immediately. And users, you know, our users and members, which they deserve is is instant gratification of us building, constantly building a bigger and better site. So. Um, it, it, it gets hard to juggle, okay, do we invest in the technology and, you know, our resources of time and money into this and, and let the site sit what could be perceived as stagnant for a little bit of time while we rewrite our technology? Or do we, you know, keep growing our enhancements so our users get instant gratification on the money that we're, that we're reinvesting into the business? And if you... If you go too far on the latter part of that, which is just keep building enhancements, at some point you're gonna be so far down the road where now your technology enhancement or your technology upgrade is gonna take three times the, the amount of time it would've taken you if you just did it in the first place. So, you know, it's a, it's a constant give and take, um, but I think, we, I think we have a really good understanding and strategy of how we balance the two. And the, the benefit for us is that we have application season and hunting season. So application season, like I said, is the most important part of a Western hunter's um, season because if you don't do it properly, you're not going to be hunting in in the fall. So this time of year, basically from we'll call it you know May on, once those last couple, uh, once those last couple application states close, we start the enha- the technology enhancements. And at the same time, trying to laterally laterally move down the uh, you know the the upgrades and enhancements to Go Hunt. So it, it's always been a headache, and it always will be. But you know that's just kind of the nature of the beast when you deal in the technology industry, and you know it's one that we we feel we have pretty pretty
0: well figured out at the point at this point. For sure, and I know you do. Um, you know, one of the things that I just shake my head at sometimes and just almost laugh because I know as as someone that's you know trying to keep everything moving forward and what have you, is you got some serious, serious hunting nuts uh, on your staff that you work with and and guys that work for you and with you. Uh, oh yeah, I, I, I know, <laughs> I know. Between Trail and and Brady and Brandon and you know some of the guys. Um, and hunting season comes, you're probably looking around the office, going, "Oh my gosh, they all have tags and they're all off." You know, Brady's doing this somewhere, Brandon's off doing this, uh, Trails doing this, and um, yeah. On one hand, you're probably going, "Great, I hope they shoot something big." But on the other hand, you're like, "I hope they're super efficient and shoot on the first day." Get back here to work. What's it like to have, have absolutely some seriously talented, you know, hunters? that are an integral part of your business, you know, I, I know it has to have some pros and cons, um, but I know you've got to pull your hair out sometimes when they're like, oh, I drew a 14-day backpack hunt, and you're going, oh, my God. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Talk a little bit about and, some of your staff and and how you guys deal with that and, and why it's important to have – people that are so gung-ho and so into hunting and loving what they do as opposed to having people that can, can be in the office 365, um, you know, and that dynamic of, you know, a lot of your guys would love nothing more than to be out in the field, but they also have to work. So talk about that yeah. dynamic of, of the two. Well, so one, one thing that
1: Chris Porter and I, who, who – Help me staff um, this business. One thing we're extremely proud of is the fact that we have built a company that is half hunters, very, very passionate hunters, and very smart, um, high-end technology gurus, basically. And what's what's come out of it with the right hires is that the hunters have began to respect and, and catch on to this technology world And being able to apply their hunting knowledge to the technology. And the technology people on our team have looked at the hunting side and really respected the lifestyle of it. And that it's not just a, not just a hobby or not just a, you know, a passerby thing, but it's a true lifestyle. And they begin to kind of ingrain themselves in that same lifestyle. So now they're able to take their technology mindset and apply it to, to the hunting world. So it's become this really interesting. Uh, team culture that we have in our office, where these hunters are are thinking slightly like technology people, and these technology people are thinking slightly like hunters, and it makes for for some some pretty incredible uh, you know pretty incredible product enhancements and product I- product ideas because they both respect each other and, and think slightly the same, so they're able to talk the same language, and it's been it's been awesome to see. Chris is you know, much more on the side of we we got to, you know, work and nobody goes hunting and all, all that all that stuff, you know, so he gets the reputation of it. He plays the but bad guy.
0: <laughs> nec- <laughs> yeah, it's
1: not necessarily that he doesn't want anybody to go hunting. It's just he stays very focused on the operations of the business. Um, you know, he's from the technology side of, of the world, and he understands the amount of work that has to go into, you know, finishing the technology aspects of it because there has to be a foundation in order for the the tech to work. So he's all about that and I'm all about the hunting side. You know, I'm always dragging, you know, trail and Brandon and Brady on, on hunt that they can go with me. And we're always talking about hunting and I, you know, I always get yelled at because I'm usually trying to talk to people (laughs) about all their hunting escapades and what they want to do. So in the, at, at the end of the day though, um, What's what's really special about having guys like, like uh, Brady and Trail and Brandon is that they are so passionate, like intimately passionate with hunting and not just elk hunting in their home state or not just deer hunting in their home state, but they're so passionate about getting outside of their home state and hunting all of these new places and areas, new species, and they're kind of gluttons for new hunting knowledge. So they're always out there trying to better – themselves as a hunter better their understanding of these other states and the opportunities that are out there. So they, you know, that passion along with their work ethic is, is what makes it very special for what we, get, what we get done here in the office because when they're out there hunting, they always come back with a new idea about, hey, we should, you know, we should change this on the unit profile because, you know, what I experienced is, is pretty different. I think it should be noted or you know, I think we need to do, you know, something else differently. Whether it's in the draws, because they figured out something in the application process when they were trying to figure out a new state, a way that we can mathematically make it a lot more um, consistent with with what the real odds are. So, um, you know, it that passion that they have and the work ethic and the technology is the greatest industry in my opinion ever because no matter where we are we can all work as long as there's wi-fi brady might not like that because he can't backpack hunt as much but like we (laughs) tell him he gets one to two backpack hunts a year and we'll give him that that's just kind of something we have to suck up and let him let him do the rest of them he can hunt whenever he wants he just has to have wi-fi so he can work in the morning and at night and it's uh you know it makes it a makes it a a nice marrying of, of hunting and working at the same time because they can just hop back to the hotel or motel, wherever they're staying, and get some work done, and then head back out for head back out for the hunts. So, honestly, though, I, well, I do think that's that's what drives our creativity, though, as well, is that these guys are able to get out hunting as much as they do, but they also know that they can never truly leave work, so it never skips their mind. They they have a good idea while they're on the mountain. That night, they're back in the office
0: or back in their hotel room, putting it together on on pen and paper, so we can get working on it. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's unbelievable in the application strategies. Um, for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with um, the insider portion of Go Hunt, at um, every state there's application strategies, uh, and I'm particular. I'm looking at the Nevada, Nevada mule Beer application strategy right now, and. Lorenzo, I have to say the difference between the application strategies uh, and, and the, you know these articles and and all of the content that these guys come up with—it's getting better and better and more detailed. And I mean, I'm scrolling through, and it's literally page after page after page of you know everything from you know the drought and you know rainfall to how the draw system works to you know finding those hidden gem units to you know, mm-hmm. the statewide deer harvest to, you know, the breakdown of every unit, condition of the herd, um, the charts and the tables, uh, you know, one one particular chart here is looking at the Nevada statewide mule deer population estimate, and it's crazy to yeah. me to see. In 1989, it looks like that, you know, there were over 230,000 uh, mule deer, and now it looks like in 2000, it looked like 17, you know, were... were yeah, ninety-two thousand animals, but just the detail um, of these, you know, bar bar graphs and charts and and stuff uh, is incredible. Uh, and so, you know, from from a user, from an insider member myself, you know, what I've seen over the last couple of years and how much better it's gotten, it, it's it's truly amazing. And you know, hats off to you and your staff for. Um, doing such a good job with that. And then even small details like, you know, some of these, uh, you know, map of Nevada's top-producing Boone and Crockett, Mule Deer counties mm-hmm. of all time. You can zoom in and out on the counties, um, you know, just some of the features. It just seems like you guys keep refining, and it keeps getting better and better. Um, one of the things I talk about on the podcast a lot is, you know, when you're applying for all these different states, the thing that's interesting it's always changing, whether it be tag allocations or, you know, a drought in a certain part of a state or, or, you know, maybe an excess of tags or maybe they're pulling tags back or they're changing the way the draws work in a certain state or bonus point systems. And so, um, you know, it really takes guys and a team to stay on top of all of that stuff. And you guys have, you know, you just keep getting better and better. My question is this. How yeah. much of it is you literally cracking the whip saying, guys, I, this is what I want, and how much of it is letting some of your staff that are diehard you know, hunters like yourself like, run with some of their creativity and imagination? I mean, how much comes from your you know, top-down, and how much of it comes from, say, it's kind of a bad term, but bottom-up, where you know, I'm just curious, that dynamic of everything yeah. getting better. Yeah, I, honestly, people might might think I'm
1: lying or joking, but I would say it's 95% you know from the bottom up because they they are the true passionate ones that stay super focused on hunting specifically. And you know, obviously it's my biggest passion in life as well and it's my absolute lifestyle. Everything I do, every decision I make revolves around how does it better my hunting situation? So I, I'm very passionate as well, but I see it more that um, Chris and I's minds and personalities are much better suited paying attention to um, the business itself and running the, running the business properly, making sure, um, you know, obviously it, it's boring to talk about, but making sure expenses are in line, making sure uh, our efficiencies are in line, making sure everything is, is adding up to where we can move on to our next um, our next enhancement. So that the bottom up for us is, you know, these guys in the office, they live, sleep, and breathe hunting, um, and, and they're able to think about it in a different way from Chris and I because Chris and I have to, you know, balance budgets and and make sure the roadmap looks correct while they get to creatively think about okay, what's the next idea, and if they bring it to us, then it's hey, you know, that's going to be that's going to throw off, you know, our roadmap for the next little bit. Can you can you prove out that you know what's your idea? What you're saying right now is better for us to do in the long run than what we're doing currently. And if they prove it, then we pivot and, and go with the new idea. So, you know, I don't want to I don't want to sound like, you know, the the greatest work environment ever because it definitely there's there's pushback and there's definitely um, you know some overriding when it comes to no, we can't do that, just doesn't work, Um, you know, essentially the gatekeeper of of what gets done. But um, these guys really can, they do run with ideas all the time, all the time they run with them. And, you know, honestly, that's what I love to see because, like I said, they're the ones that live, eat, and breathe hunting, um, you know, to the level that I live, eat, and breathe running the business. So it's, you know, I think it makes for a very, very good, um, very good marriage between the two. Not to keep using that word, but I mean, really, really, that's what it is when it comes down to what's within the walls of go hunting. What hunting is to most people's lives, they got to marry the activity of hunting with their personal commitments, whether it's family and friends and work. Uh, you know, it's a constant dance between the two to make sure that you're giving them all that you can on both sides. You know,
0: for sure. So for sure so Lorenzo you the the go hunt insider one of the you know things that you guys really hang your hat on is your draw odds and the most accurate draw odds in the western states um, talk to maybe some of the listeners that, that are hearing about go hunt say for the first time or they've been hearing about it but they just you know they don't quite um, you know they, they haven't quite taken the leap of faith to to join and become an Insider member, uh, talk to the listeners about how important it is for you as a company to have the most accurate draw odds. And and while some, uh, you know, maybe competitors or so to speak, talk about draw odds, how Gohan strives to actually have the real, the most, you know, accurate draw odds. Yeah, so... Uh, what was
1: the current trend of the industry before we before we started, you know, doing what we consider draw odds. Everybody else we, you know, basically named the what they were doing as simple odds. They were taking, you know, the overall application, however many applications there were, and the overall tag numbers and, you know, dividing out what your chances were of drawing a tag. And it's it's not that nobody was doing a good job, it's just that there was so much work to be done in between simple odds and what true odds were. And, and you know, these application strategies of bouncing the states off of each other of, you know, when okay, when can I say that I'm going to draw my elk tag in Utah? And when can I say I'm going to draw my elk tag in Nevada or Arizona? And you can start to build these strategies out to make sure that, you know, you're only – drawing your Nevada tag when you want that tag and your Arizona tag when you want that tag and your Utah tag when you want it, and they're not overlapping. Well, you couldn't do that with simple odds because you couldn't really build out, okay, what's point creep going to mean for me if I'm behind the preference point level? Point creep basically meaning if you're in a preference point state and you know there's more there's more max point holders than there are tags available, then that means you're not guaranteed at max points. It just means that you are in the max point pool, and it's going to extrapolate out a couple of years until you know that the max point level and the amount of tags catches up to where you're actually going to draw the tag. I'm sorry if that doesn't make a complete amount of sense, but numbers in these states get pretty get pretty crazy. Um, but what we wanted to do is is basically solve all that middle ground between simple laws, and okay, when am I guaranteed the tag? And we invested more money than, than we like to admit to on um, data scientists and uh, these massive computers that basically crunch millions upon millions of data points, so extrapolated into billions of, of combinations. Um, basically, we, we hire this massive computer that crunches all these numbers for like 24 hours straight to give us a bell curve of how many applicants were there, at what point level, and if they applied for this hunt at first choice or second choice, what would happen if, you know, and all these if, ands, or, or what's going on, to try to get to a little bit of a predictive state of, um, you know, what's going to happen in the year to come for, for draws. So,
0: you know, how we did that was worked with the states to get very
1: detailed Um, draw statistics on how many applicants were there, how many different point uh, level holders were there, how many at what point level applied for each specific um, tag, you know, where the tag quota is going up or down, whatever it was, we were working with these states to get all all these very detailed numbers, but then we had to hire a data scientist to basically say, okay, well, how does the state run their math model? What is it? You know, take Nevada, for example, we're a bonus point squared system. So if you have three points, they square the three points, so really you have nine points. And if you have nine points, you go into a random number generator, and the random number generator is going to give you nine different numbers, and they're gonna take the the lowest of the nine numbers, that's what they're gonna take into the draw for you at that specific species level. Well, then you go into states like Utah who has a preference level, where if you hit a certain number of preference points, you are at the max point level or guaranteed the tag if there's enough uh, of a tag quota for that species, as there are max point holders. And then there's a bonus pass level, which is basically just a lottery system with a little bit of a flair like Nevada, where they the points do come into um, and come into play, but you know not as important as as the preference point level. And then you got states like Colorado who does weighted points and. It just gets crazy. So what he did was understand these states, their math models, understand the applications at what point level, and built out um, what we call a hypo willineous geometric something. I can't really pronounce it, but it's a it's this mass <laughs> math model that that uh, you know data scientists use to to create the most accurate um, predictive model of numbers. And that's that's basically what we did. And it took us two years to do it. Because obviously there was a lot of education on the state side of how the states ran their odds. And then there was a lot of a lot of hard work going to find, you know, going to find how many applicants there were at what point level in each of the states for each of the species. So man, it was a daunting and then task Arizona
0: to throw throws a curve in there. Arizona throws a oh. curve in there and says You know, five percent go to max and five percent go to random and then then you're back to the drawing boards and the machines back to crunching numbers and Exactly. And we were we were
1: halfway we were halfway through solving the original Arizona model. And then yeah, they dropped the news on us that they were gonna completely change it and we said, Well, okay. (laughs) You know, there goes a year of of working on Arizona, so then we had to restructure. So yeah, then it, it then it got into um, you know what if the states change which they all are at some point going to change they have to everybody ha- everybody has to innovate the way they do things otherwise things get stagnant and old and people can't catch up to the bell curve so yeah now we have to be prepared to basically what Arizona did to us we're going to have to do that for all the other states but it is what it is I guess
0: <laughs> it's just money Lorenzo <laughs> exactly it's just just a In lot of money. that's all it is um if, if you're speaking directly to people that are um, thinking about becoming Insider members from a, a beneficial side to Insider members, um, you know, basically, what is your speech for Insider members or your sales pitch? Um, if you're if you're trying to get people, I know you guys go to a lot of the shows all across the country and yeah. have an unbelievable display booth, but um, give give me your. You say five-minute version of to be an insider member. What are the benefits? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to sound extremely
1: biased, obviously, but um, what we say if you're a Western hunter, the Go Hunt Insider is it's something you have to have because these states are so confusing and they're and they're so inconsistent with each other. It's impossible to know or or stay read up on how these states run their their hunting systems and, you know, what what the opportunities are in each one of these states. And, you know, if if you're not going to take it from me, there's plenty of other testimonials out there that say the same thing from some of these other big-time Western hunters that, you know, it's a must-have because it's basically turned one of the most, you know, daunting, overwhelming, most inconsistent industries into a one-click or two-click system that you can understand uh, you know, what's out there for you. So if you are somebody who is chasing trophy units specifically, you know, you, you're carrying a lot of points in these states, you've invested, you want to go shoot that buck or bull of a lifetime, that's what we have our draw odds for, our, our harvest success on four-point bucks or six-point bulls or better, which, you know, in turn turns into to size of the animal. to buck to doe ratio so you can see the health of the herd and seeing if these animals are getting age class on them um, so if you're a specific trophy hunter you have all these data points that can help drive the decision on okay well you know unit X used to be used to be hot three years ago but now unit y is catching up and I have enough points to draw unit y and you know it's a good rain year it's a good it's a good moisture year and you can help make those decisions if you're a hunter who just wants to get out and start hunting or or get into another state, we have what's called filtering 2.0, where, you know, you can get into our system and say, okay, well, I have zero points in Colorado, but I want to hunt elk, and I want to hunt, you know, six-point bulls or better at the 300-inch mark or better. We'll be able to tell you where those opportunities are, and there are opportunities for that, even though you have zero points. You know, you have over-the-counter elk in Colorado, over-the-counter elk in Idaho, um, even if you don't want to go through the draw process. So. There's there's just so much opportunity out there um, that's available if you're if you're willing to put in you know just a little bit of research, just a couple clicks on our site and you can basically see everything that's available. So for us in the office, like Brady Brady Miller and I, always talk about five years ago when when he first you know started working for Go Hunt, we would sit there and say, man, we just we want to hunt every day. You know, is there a way that you could set up a hunting schedule to just where you just kept hunting. And, you know, we weren't really savvy with the rest of the states. This is before the Insider product launched. This is when we were actually building it. And at the time of building it, we started to look at each other like, there is so much opportunity out there. We would be divorced, fired. Like we would be complete degenerates if we just started chasing all this hunting opportunity because there's so much. And it was kind of an eye-opening experience for us to understand how much opportunity is really out there. And that's one of the thorns on our side is when we hear people say, you know, I just wish there was more opportunity for hunting. You know, I don't want to draw a tag every 10 years or every five years. There's plenty. There's absolutely plenty. And not only that, there is the opportunity to apply in these states for five or 10 years to draw that once-in-a-lifetime. Well, not maybe not in five or 10 years for once-in-a-lifetime, but, you know, in five or 10 years chasing a top five or top ten unit for, you know, a trophy hunter. But at the same time, you can be hunting other states over the counter with really good opportunity for, you know, quality animals. We're not not talking about two points by any means. or little raghorn bulls. You know,
0: six-point bulls of the, with three hundred and five. One of the things I so, learned too, Lorenzo, is like you can be applying in some of these states like Colorado for a preference point as your first choice and put other units in as your second choice that are 100% draw you get to keep your preference points building and you still get to go hunting on a on a either a deer or an elk tag in, in a unit and you wouldn't have been able to exactly. find that out unless you can use the go on insider to see what units you can draw on a second choice and exactly and, you know, all of those all of those details. Um, that's how I've used it. It's been incredible from that standpoint. Absolutely. Um, so from draw odds and applying in different states, but there's also a bunch of other benefits for being an insider uh, member as well. Talk about yeah. Those. There's so we have so yeah we we have basically the product
1: within Insider that we call Filtering 2.0 that I talked about. We have Draws which we talked about. Then we have the application strategies which are written articles, um, very visually pleasing. Though it's not just like there's a ton of text on the on, on the paper, but there's basically walks through all the different states in their draw process. And we run through scenarios of an application strategy that says, well, if you have zero points, here's what you can do. If you have five points, here's what you can do. If you have 10 points, max points, and so on and so forth. And we do that for every state and every species. And I genuinely think it is the most in-depth, uh, most in-depth and most valuable thing that somebody could have getting into a new state, or even just being a little bit unfamiliar with whatever state they're imply- they're applying in. I think it's an it's the best value out there for the application season, um, and then we also have uh, our e-commerce store, which is is new to us as of six months ago, but it's quickly caught on to be a big part of our business. Um, but part of, of our insider uh, business is you know the overall the overall value that we want to give to our consumer. So we just we want to make sure that we're constantly giving back to our members as much as we possibly can. And with us in our in our e commerce store, whatever our insiders spend with us, we actually give them store credit in return um, as part of the value. So it comes off of, you know, whatever the whatever the product is, we basically are reinvesting um, some of what we made off of the sale back into the consumer who purchased it. And how that happened was is Map pricing, minimum advertised price, is very heavily enforced in the in the hunting world, and you know I have to advertise my price for the same price as Cabela's and everyone else. But I don't have a big box store that I need to pay for, and I have members that um, you know have have believed in our product and have used it. So I wanted to give we wanted to give back to them. Um, so what we did was okay. Well, minimum adver- advertised price is you know, X amount, when they check out for the X amount, we'll turn around and give them Y amount back in their, in their cart as store credit, and, you know, it basically gets the best gear in our consumer's hands for the best price. And we absolutely have the best price. There's no question about it. Like, uh, you know, we'll price match even if it is found, um, even if it is found for a different price out there for, for our insiders. You don't have to be an insider to use the store by any means, but, I mean, obviously... There's a ton of value there if you are an insider and start and start purchasing from the store, and you know looking forward for an insider, there is just a, there's a lot more value to come. Like we talked earlier, there's a product roadmap out there for five to seven years out, and our our price of 149 isn't going to change. Like that's it's basically that Amazon Prime model, which. You know, is is in ninety percent of the U.S. households now, but it's ninety nine dollars a year, free shipping, all of these things. For us, it's that same mindset where, you know, that one forty nine. We'll keep adding things, just like Amazon Prime did when they added movies and music and all these things. We'll continue to add new product enhancements, the Hunter dashboard, other technology advancements to come down the road, more states, you know, more mapping features, things like that, and the price will will be the same. So. I mean, it's kind of a a uh, it's a value add, really. So whether a consumer thinks that you know when we add something, the price is going up, and they feel like they're going to get taken advantage of, that's that's just not that's not the way we believe consumers should be taken care of these days. So you know we're just we're constantly focused on adding more and more value to our consumer, whatever way possible. Whether that be you know getting gear in their hands or giving them more technology at their fingertips to. To give them a better idea of what's out there in front of them.
0: Lorenzo, I want to take just a second and go over the Go Hunt Gear Shop and talk about. So, just for example, so the listeners can understand it, I'm I'm scrolling through. There's a camping section. There's a bunch of backcountry uh, mm-hmm. looking gear, and you've got you know, let's say like a Big Agnes Q Core S L X sleeping pad. And you know it's, it says from one hundred and fifty nine dollars, but then it has seventeen points. So for that yes. exact example, um, if the insider member were to buy that, buy that Big Agnes Q Core, they're going to get seventeen points back. Is that seventeen points somewhat equivalent to seventeen dollars? It is. It is absolutely equivalent to dollars. So okay, you know. Uh, not
1: not to get in a have to hire an attorney or anything, but we called them points instead of dollars to for the map pricing reasons. But they are actually they are one to one conversion to a dollar. So that, that point amount is dollar amount in store credit.
0: Okay. And so they anybody can order from the Go Hunt Gear Shop, but in order to get the points they have to be an insider member. But in essence, yes, correct this is stuff this is stuff that hunters are buying anyway, and in return they can get point credits back to either have a value add to an additional product that they're going to buy. So over the course of the year, um, it, it would be one thing if the gear is not stuff that they ever buy. It's just, it's just for lack of a better term, it's just a bunch of crap that they're never going to buy. That's not yeah. a huge value add to me, but in, in essence, if they're already going to buy this stuff um, for their hunts, mountain house meals, you know, folding sporks, tents, coolers, you know, packs across the board. There's all sorts of gear. Um, Yeah. They're going to get money back, and as a hunter, they're getting money back to spend in a store that they would be buying stuff anyway. You, you get what I'm saying? Like it's, or, yeah, people yeah, need to absolutely. understand that it's, it's dollars back on something else that they they need to buy on another hunt coming up. Exactly. So
1: for us, with our it's called the gear shop for a reason. It, it's not it's not a store. It's a gear shop, and the the reason why we we call it that is because we truly believe that everything in it is gear that hunters need or will use every single year, and it's and it's also a, a curation model where we've went out there and found you know some of the most technical hunting pants for $89 even though they're not really in the hunting industry but you know it's some of the guys in the in the office like Brady and we started wearing these piranha pants and they are 89 80 bucks with us 89 bucks with us depending on the cut and by far the most technical hunting pants that we've we've worn and durable there's the sleeping pads that we have, you know, whether you're a side sleep or a back sleeper, or whatever it is, you know, we are always trying to upgrade our backcountry setup because we just kind of have an in, in-the-office in competition going of, you know, the lightest setup, the most comfortable setup, whatever it is, and we're constantly badgering each other. So we're always out there finding, you know, the best sleeping pads, the best uh, backpacks, the best sleeping bags, whatever it is. And that's what we not only that a gear like, store.
0: I mean, you're you're looking at broadheads, rests, releases, oh, yeah, quivers, absolutely, stabilizers, sights. I mean, we're talking like you know, rage hypothermic, spot spot hog. You know, hot spot vapor releases. You're talking exactly uh, tight spot yeah, seven. You know, seven arrow quivers. I mean, we're not just talking about oh, a couple things in the gear shop and just you know throw some crap in there and you know let the guys buy it. I mean, this is hand-picked stuff by your guru Absolutely. Your your guru
1: gear nuts, right? It's hand-picked and used by them, or it has been used in the past, or, you know, if they're wanting to try something new, but everything in our store is that tried and true curated stuff that we've found. Whether Trail has used it in the past and loved it, Brady's used it and loved it, any one of us is currently using it and still loving it. Um, You know, that's what that store was built on, basically where a, a consumer could come to us and say, you know, I need I need a new sleeping bag. I need a new. I need a new broadhead setup. I need a new stabilizer on my bow. Whatever it is, they can come to us. And what they see in the store, they know it's tried and true. It's it's as good as it gets. You know, for, for what's available out there, and they can feel comfortable making that purchase with us because it's it, it's basically made it through the field tested, um, the field tested trial from Brady or Trail or Brandon or one of us here in the office. So, it's uh. You know, it's it's one of those stores where nothing in there is is just there because we're going to make a lot of money on it. That's it's not what we necessarily care about. We want to get the best gear into um, you know, the best gear into our members' hands at the
0: best price possible. So that's that's what that was built off of. But in other words, also since you don't have um, a box store rent that you have to pay for and other outgoing costs you have the ability to, in essence, help the insider member save money. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. And you guys could have a store, and you could not offer those points back in return, and and you would sell, and you would sell just fine, and you would make the full retail profit on it just like a retail store, but you guys have actually chosen to give back to the insider members. And that's just another advantage to being an insider member, right?
1: Exactly. And that's like I said, that's what we stay focused on is whatever we do, we try we try to innovate to a point where making sure that our members are getting the best deal, the best information, the best whatever it is that we're doing, we want to
0: make sure it's the best they're going to find. And then as, as insider members, do they ever recommend certain pieces of fear if they see anything that's not there? Do you get emails and do you get direct messages saying, hey, ask some guys how to look at this line? Because, I mean, I'm looking at, like, Jason Phelps, uh you know, game calls. I'm looking at, you know, stuff that, uh, you know, it had to come somewhat from listeners uh, or, excuse me, uh, insider members you know, wanting some of the specific niche gear. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, just like, you know, we we
1: vet and, and receive these emails from our insiders asking for some technology enhancements and changes, we do the same thing with our gear store. Uh, you know, I, I think we are very good listeners from our, from our members. And, you know, we also think that, that's a great way to build the brand. I mean, Kuyu did a, a phenomenal job of listening to their consumers and building what they wanted. And we, you know, we want to be perceived as the same. We listen, uh, and not only do we just listen, we also execute on, on what people are asking of us.
0: Great stuff. Talk about monthly giveaways as well, just for being an Insider member. Every month you guys are giving away Great gear. Uh, Talk talk about how that's an integral part of being an insider member. That's really
1: grown, honestly. And the reason why that's grown is because it allows us again um, to add value to get to get the best gear into our insiders' hands. And with our store doing as well as as well as it is, and and having you know, getting our hands on uh, you know the gear that we can get our hands on, and all the deals that we have in place with these manufacturers whatever it is we started this business with the giveaways in mind just because everybody loves free stuff you know i i mean i don't know a single person who doesn't and it kind of it comes from my original background which is the casino and gaming background where every month there's giveaways whether it be you know that industry is obviously very different whether it be TVs or iPads or you know, tickets to the hockey games, whatever it is. Um, we kind of we kind of took that mentality and said, okay, well, if we're going to have an, a membership base, we want to have some excitement breathed into it every month and, you know, have something that these members are looking forward to. So it's not just like they're carrying around a membership that, you know, because hunting is seasonal, you know, it's, they pay attention to it for a couple months, then don't, then a couple months, whatever it is. We wanted to make sure that we had excitement year-round, and over the years, over the year, we've uh, I think we're giving upwards of almost two hundred thousand dollars a year away in in gear, and you know that goes from everything from spotting scopes to guns. Uh, this month specifically, we're giving away five. Uh, let me look right here because we have so much going on, but. Last month, five people won the Vortex Viper HD spotting scopes. Um, In the past, we've given away, you know, five X bolt Hills Canyon Browning rifles, caliber of of our winner's choice. We've given away binos, Yeti coolers, you know, whatever it is, and it it, it's created a pretty pretty good community of um, excitement within within the Insider membership because. No, there's something people can look forward to every month, whether we're giving away the Garmin in-reaches, the, you know, guns or optics, whatever it is, Uh, you know, it just constantly leads
0: our our insiders waiting to see if they want something for that month. makes it fun. Yeah, it does make it fun. Uh, I want want to get to your Nevada application strategy, uh, but I've got one more question, and I'll let you also follow up if you have any additional uh, thoughts um and and that is talking about uh, the go insider as the membership grows and you guys continue to give back to the insider members um, how important is it to you that you know someone come and they sign up and it's 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 a it's a commitment that they're they're Finding value in the Gohan Insider for not just this year. You're you're you are looking at this as you want this to be value to them for for a long period of time. And as a business owner, how important is that to make sure that you don't take the short term approach of just trying to get them quote unquote signed up for a year, but yeah. you're you're focusing on the long term aspect of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll let our numbers speak. For ourselves, we
1: run, uh, we run a very high, um, what we call, you know, how how our members stick with us through the years. We run a very high rate of members staying with us um, from year to year. And obviously, as a as a business owner operator, Chris and I both, the the value that's perceived through the consumer's eye of your business is the most powerful thing out there. You can do all the marketing in the world. You can do all the talking about yourself in the world, but until your consumers are the ones talking about they use it year to year. They see the most value out of it. They, you know, are, are willingly and wanting to spend the money for the for the product. That's what comes down you know, that's what comes down to being a successful business is when the consumers are signing off on you in that manner. So for us, the short term there's a there's a lot of businesses out there that are built on the short term and i don't think short term does very well in a lifestyle industry like hunting i mean i started hunting when i was too young to shoot a gun i was drawing tags when i was 12 years old i've you know been hunting my entire life and i will continue to hunt until the day that i die so it's a it's a lifestyle industry where you know these insider members they they're planning on hunting with their kids and their kids kids for the rest of their life so for us as a business not focusing on the short term but instead focusing on the long term you know ie investing in our technology and making sure that we're always up to date with it investing in people um, you know that are, are gracious enough to to work for that I'm gracious enough to work for a go hunt and you know it, it keeps this motor going where 50 years from now, I know it sounds like a long time, but I mean, honestly, I I would perceive us to still be in the driver's seat of the Western hunting uh, research and, and product, you know, portion of it, because I firmly believe that we're going to stay committed to, you know, technology advancements and product advancements and, you know, staying involved with the changing ecosystem of hunting, whether the state's changing their application systems or, um, you know whatever whatever comes along with it, but it, it, the most important thing for us as a business is no question, hands down, making sure that we are staying on the front line of that that changing world of the technology, the changing world of the hunting, the changing world of the states and the species that they offer, and whatever it is. So I'm I'm confident that our members also feel and see that you know with with our updates and with what we bring to the table. I'm very confident they see that from us.
0: For sure. Um, before we get into the applic- your application strategy for Nevada, um, I just wanted to give you a chance, if you had any final thoughts, talking about the business of GoHunt.com and GoHunt.com Insider. Uh, a- any final thoughts that you wanted to leave uh, the listeners with? I mean, j- just that... Uh- like I said, not not to bore
1: any of the listeners out there, because I know business can only be fun to talk about for so long. Um, <laughs> but I, I honestly do, I do mean when I say that we're going to stay committed to being on the cutting edge. I mean that's what our members can expect from us. No matter what, we'll always be working on something new, and we'll always be you know wading the waters of the change that happens within the hunting industry, and hopefully leading the force to you know be a to be a better industry overall. So. You know, we, we don't go to sleep at night without thinking
0: about how we can be better at what we do. That's good stuff. Um, cool. I want to get into your application strategy for Nevada. Before we do that, I don't know yep. if you and I had a chance to talk, but uh, I actually had bought a Northwest Territories hunt uh, with Arctic Red River in July for dull sheep and was super stoked about that and went um, yeah. ahead and applied in uh alaska as i do for doll sheep and and uh wouldn't you believe it but i actually my hunt with northwest territories in with arctic red is in july and i drew the chugach uh doll sheep tag really with uh and so i've really? got two dogs doll- this is uh about a fifty thousand dollar <laughs> summer for my wife's going. I thought I thought we were buying a, a new car for for me, and um, <laughs> but I have two doll sheep hunts. I've got one in the Northwest Territories and one in Alaska in the Chugach Range, and so I'm going to go from someone that's you know guided a lot of you know desert bighorn sheep hunts and not having any personal sheep to my credit uh, to to hopefully having two rams after this summer. So it's kind of a big summer for me, and I'm yeah that's about, about the that. Back that's about the best problem i think anybody could have (laughs) yeah it's a (laughs) a good one to have for sure congrats Um, on that that's cool thanks do you have any hunts that uh you know that you've already uh, got or drawn or what have you or anything you're looking forward to and then and then we can dive into your thoughts on nevada yeah so the one good thing about Nevada
1: for me is it's a little bit unfair I will say that my application strategy compared to everyone else is because I'm a resident um, and Nevada takes pretty decent care of, of the residents but it's also one of the last ones for me to apply for and it allows me to build out my strategy in these other states such that I can when it comes time for for Nevada I can you know fit some hunts in where I need it to or uh you know have a shot at, at that trophy tag that I'm after, but the only, the only, um, the only results that are out right now are, for me, Arizona, Wyoming, which I both drew my elk tags in, you did, Um, I'm going, I did, I'm, I'm going on a late elk hunt in in Arizona, which I'm actually pretty damn excited for, because I've hunted bulls a lot early, like early August. Before, pre, you know, during that pre-rut time, I've hunted them a lot during the rut on the over-the-counter tags in Colorado, um, but I'm I'm pretty excited to hunt them in December. You know, it's it's going to be, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty pretty good for the style that I like to hunt. Um, Real glassing So I'm looking forward to that input. a lot. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Exactly. And then I drew a uh, a rut tag in Wyoming as well. Um, well. We'll be going on a hunt out there with, actually... There's a, a group of us going out there, some of us in the go hunt office and then the born and raised outdoor guys. I don't know if you're if you know any of the listeners are familiar, but we'll be going on a hunt together out there. So that should be pretty fun awesome. in Wyoming too. And then other than that, you- I'm I'm wait, waiting on these other states.
0: Well, you're already starting it out good with two elk hunts. That's fantastic. I am. Fantastic. Um, I am. Just talk a little bit about your Nevada strategy. Obviously, you point out that you're a resident, um, talk mm-hmm. about, you know, what you're eyeballing in Nevada and kind of how you play, you know, the odds with, yeah. with your own personal agenda. So,
1: the other thing, the one major thing about Nevada that I think is very important to note is that we have five choices on our application. And you're you only have to be pulled out of the barrel once. So essentially, what that equates to is compounding odds. So if you you know you pick something that you had five percent on, and then you pick your second choice at ten percent, your third choice at twenty percent, fourth choice at forty percent, fifth choice at fifty percent, it compounds. You know what are my chances of drawing one of those percentages? So your your percent of drawing a tag is is actually higher than uh, you know what any of those percentages read. Uh, you know prior to the to the draw so for me being a, a resident in nevada having the trophy quality that it has it's always been my my you know holdout trophy state because one the main reason is i always have a chance to draw a tag because nevada is bonus point only no preference point so you know yes a guy with 30 you know 26 points whatever the max point is now i think it's 25 or 26 is going to have a better chance than me but I still have a chance so it's nice to know that I can shoot for the stars with my first and second choice um and try to draw that you know the best tag in the state for what I'm looking for which is big bulls or big bucks and um you know that's what I chased in my first two choices and then, and then the rest like to get into species specific for deer for me I was lucky enough to draw one of the top three tags in the state four years ago, um, for, for deer, killed a great buck. Uh, it was an awesome hunt. I got super lucky drawing the tag with as many points as I had, but you know, this year only having four points now. So I I drew it with four points. I have four points now. I can still chase those hunts, those really good hunts. Um, but I'm also willing to try out some new areas that'll, that'll be a little bit easier to draw um so deer specifically because i'm lacking in the in the point area uh you know it's going to be an actual fill out all five choices and and try to play the odds on drawing you know one of the one of the upper end eastern units because you know i live obviously very close to the east and like i said because it's my home state i can get out and scout it easily i can you know i've I've grown up hunting it my basically my entire life so I'm I'm really just waiting to get that one tag, you know, that I that I really want to get after. elf for me though is on another level. Some people might say that I'm crazy, but you know I've been fortunate enough to kill. I just went on a on a hunt last year in New Mexico, a wilderness hunt in the backcountry with with Trail, uh, who's all, who also works here in the Go Hunt office, and I killed an amazing bull. He's you know. 350 plus with my bow in the rut it it was as good as it gets so for me elk in Nevada I'm only going to fill out my top three choices and just leave it at that because I genuinely just want to hunt those three units in Nevada for elk because there's a good chance it's going to be my only chance it's going to be my only time that I draw an elk tag in my home state but because by the time I'm you know after the 10-year lockout period if I harvest and I start earning points again, people are gonna be way ahead of me in the point pool. And you know, it's just it's my chance right now to draw some of those very high end bull elk hunts in, in the state of Nevada. So for me I'm only gonna fill out three choices on that, which, you know, I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna give anything away for free, but uh, you know, the three <laughs> top units in Nevada for Boone and Crockett entries and, and you know, six point or better and buck to the or bull to cow ratio. So
0: That's in other words, you're swinging for the fence. You're swinging for the fence on the the absolute fence. Yes, just because you know that once you draw, if you harvest, which you will, you're going to have to sit out ten years, and at that point, you'll have, you know, you need to make this Nevada tag count, whereas some of the other states as your opportunity
1: states. Exactly, and I'm I'm kind of a nostalgic type person too. I I just love hunting in my home state and. I want to have that opportunity to kill something that I'm very proud of in my home state as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm swinging for the absolute fences. Where deer, for me, because I drew the best tag in the state with four points, I only have four points now. I'm willing to, I'm willing to, you know, give up some of that, that fence thin swinging, so to speak, and and chase after yeah. something that's maybe a little bit more obtainable. Antelope, I'm still in a lockout period. I killed a phenomenal buck uh, three years ago. So I'm still in a lockout period there. And then sheep for me, I just want a sheep tag. So I literally go to our draw odds, pick out the best chances of drawing for me, and that's what I apply for. Um, I just want a sheep tag. I mean, who doesn't and, want a sheep and, tag, you know?
0: Yeah, and how much of that, Lorenzo, you you were fortunate in the draws in New Mexico and drew a desert bay was. tag. So you've already killed so how how much of that now is your strategy of I just want another tag? Quality isn't you know high end quality isn't as important as just getting a sheep tag. Yeah, I was I was very fortunate in, in
1: harvesting a phenomenal ram. Uh, you know, I went out I went down there. I've never been to the unit before. Brought one of my friends that I really had only talked to through through Facebook and Instagram for a little bit of you know. We went down there and, and killed a phenomenal ram, just us two. And, yeah, it definitely plays into the back of my mind. of Now that I, that I have killed a, a great ram, I, I want to kill a ram in my home state. And, you know, you probably know better than anyone, but Nevada doesn't necessarily have a lot of giant sheep like some of these other states. Yes, it has the high end in Nevada is amazing for sheep. It, it's incredible uh what they're killing out of the state now but for the for the average ram to come out of the state it's not anything crazy because it's all the nelson blood the Nelsoni blood Right. right so for us you know for me for us in the state i just want to i just want a sheep tag i want to go kill a ram in my home state and you know have it hanging over my desk knowing exactly where i killed it so it's uh yeah it's just kind of something whether it be, I don't know, If maybe if I hadn't killed a ram in New Mexico, I would still be thinking the same way just because I'm a realist when it, comes to, when it comes to sheep, and I'm never going to turn down a tag no matter what it is, um, especially in a state that has as many sheep as Nevada does. So, yeah, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences even though I'm picking out the best rods because, I mean, the best rods are, you know, going to be pretty hard to draw anyway. Still pretty so, rough. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll be swinging
0: for the fences there, I guess, too. Right on. Um, I'm trying to think. Any other animals? Um, oh, did you get? Um, did you do any waterfowl hunting uh, this spring? Early, I, early not winter, this. Spring? Yeah, I I had a couple good hunts this year, really good
1: hunts actually, and just outside of Seattle. Um, but obviously, not enough as as far as I'm concerned. That's my my other absolute passion is chasing waterfowl. So, you know, if I have to pass up on that because I have some big game hunts, so be it, I'm very happy to do that. And um, Last year I had quite a bit of hunts going through the fall, so I was only able to get out a couple times, but we definitely got after them when we had the chance. So, I'm not complaining.
0: One more question for you and then I'll let you yes. go. I know you're a busy guy. Um, I, I've been enjoying the offseason and some of the videos that you guys have been putting out on uh, YouTube and, and such, kind of showing a little bit of the personality of of your staff. And uh, obviously some of the featured hunts are awesome as well. Talk about how, you know, showing the real-life, you know, atmosphere and, you know, creating a connection with your uh, members and such, you know, and, and, and the general public, why that's important. Yeah, I, I, I think it's important... To to allow
1: consumers to understand, see, and get to know uh, you know the people that they're spending their money with, so they can trust them, and also and also feel good about what they're supporting. Um, again, to go back to Kuyu, I think Kuyu did a phenomenal job of opening up the doors and showing what you know what goes on inside the business, and we we wanted to do much of the same and show people not necessarily work-wise what goes on behind the door because like like i mentioned before you can only talk about work so much until it just gets really boring um so for us we're more focused on showing the personality of the business you know we're all fun loving here we're all supportive of each other supportive of the industry um supportive of anyone else out there that's trying to hunt you know areas that we hunt and all those things so for us, we just we wanted to really show that the personality of Go Hunt, and it's and it's taken on the personalities from all of us, obviously. Um, and I think what shows in that those off-season videos is we respect each other very, very much, but we don't let anyone get away with anything. And you know that's a that's a good work environment for us, and I think that's a good work environment for anyone because if people are are confident that they can be themselves uh, you know, and be creative and be free with what they're thinking. But at the same time, know that they can't just spit some, some, you know, manure off the side and think it's going to pass. I think it creates for that, that healthy personality. And that's what we wanted to show with the off season is allow people to see the personality of the business, allow people to see that, you know, we take this very seriously. All of us, all we care about is hunting. Um, and obviously we don't even need to try to be authentic with that because, I mean, I got guys like Brady Miller in here and Trail and Brandon. I mean, those guys, I don't want to know what they would give up in order to keep hunting, so I won't, <laughs> I won't let their wives hear it or anything like that. But, um, yeah, it's just we wanted to show that personality, and I, I think we're getting that across fairly fairly well now. You know, we haven't uh, have caught a little bit of uh, comments on us that, man, it looks like all you guys do is mess around in the office. And you know the the common of that is well. If we showed you a twelve hour video of Brady sitting at his desk writing articles, are you going to watch it? You know, <laughs> and, and it's it is what it is. You know, those are those videos. I think are a, a good way to show show what, who we are more than what we do behind the doors. I think our product speaks for what we do, um, and those videos kind of let people see the personality.
0: Okay, I have to ask you, and and at the you know, at the risk of completely ruining your insurance uh, policy, there at the office, has yeah. an arrow has an arrow flown through the your shop or anywhere else in the office by any one of your staff? Yes or no, or do you plead the fifth? <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> There's been quite a few archery competitions back there heated. I'll let you guess this one, too. There's only been one person to miss the target entirely. Who was it? Uh, Chris Porter. Dead on. You're exactly right.
0: <laughs> Poor Chris gets just thrown under the bus. He he really does. He really does. It was pretty funny. We gave, him a, yeah, we gave him a lot of shit for that one. I'm sure. That's awesome, That is awesome. Uh, Buddy it's been great having you on Uh, as always I appreciate your support of my podcast and I'm honored to be you know have you guys as the title sponsor of the podcast and uh, and I'm happy of the relationship that we've had for such a long time and I want to you know give you hats off to you you and your staff for the job that you've done with with the insider and you know you guys never cease to amaze me and I just want to encourage the listeners out there to check it out. Uh, you can also use the J. Scott promo code, and you're going to get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card uh, if you sign up for Insider using the J. Scott promo code. Uh, it's just been awesome to watch you guys grow and continue to grow, uh, and you know, watching you guys be focused and keeping your eye on the ball. Uh, who do you have for the Masters uh, coming up? Uh, I kind of like Phil Mickelson. He's he's kind of my, not dark horse, because I don't think you can ever call him a dark horse, but he's been playing well as of late, and honestly, I'd, I would love to see him win, but with Tiger playing well, I mean, it's I think it's going to be an incredible Masters uh, coming up here. I agree, and you're
1: speaking my language right now because my Christmas is the four days in April where everybody's
0: in Augusta. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Sunday, Sunday of Augusta is like, I don't care who, don't call me, you know, I, I want to I be in front more. of that TV. Yeah, just don't bother me. Unless it's my buddies like, texting, like, did you see that? But, you know, Master yeah, exactly. Sunday is exactly. super special for exactly. sure. For me,
1: I, I don't know how you could go wrong with Phil. The guy just won again in Mexico for the first time in a while. Tiger's playing phenomenal. I think he always has a chance, especially at Augusta. I mean, that guy, even when he was playing the worst golf of his career, he tied fourth at the Masters. And that's because he hit the pin with his wedge and he rolled back in the water on that par five. Um, so I love them too. I love Bubba Watson this year. He's won it twice. This guy, yep. guy is. Yeah, the guy's playing phenomenal. Um, and I also like Justin Thomas too. I think Justin Thomas is—he's my dark horse of the young guys. I know some of these other young guys have placed better in the Masters than he has. Like even you know Rory had the lead for a while. Jordan Spieth has won it, but. Justin Thomas is fired up it seems like he's winning a lot of tournaments his stats are phenomenal um so he's my he's my young guy choice I got my my three old guys and my one my one young guy that's what I'm going after
0: you know I think it's pretty cool golf is in a good state right now I mean you've got the tiger aspect you've got the Phil playing well you know late in his Mm -hmm. 40s and and, and then you've got these young guys, and, you know, it's, it's been fun to watch uh, the last year or so. The golf has really been fun, and I, I agree. agree. Tiger, you know, Tiger really bouncing back. Um, you know, I think Tiger, he has shown a lot of humility. Um, you know, he, he's gone through a oh, lot, a lot of his stuff that's completely self-induced on a lot of it, but he, he seems like, you know, he smiles a lot more, and his game is obviously um, come way back and from all the surgeries and all the injuries that he's had it's amazing to see his comeback. so i he, agree i would not count him out and i would actually smile if he won i think he's you know i, I think he's done a great job of kind of overcoming some of the problems that he's had so it's going to be a fun, fun week to watch for sure buddy um i agree equated
1: a, quite a back to hunting too I think golf and archery, the further I've gotten addicted to archery, the more and more I've gotten obsessed with golf. There have a lot of, of consistencies between the two. So if yeah. there's any archers that are listening, golf is a great sport to pick up. There's a
0: lot of takeaways between the two that you can draw from. Yeah, I mean, you, you've so. got that mix of, of technical and that mix of, you know, physical ability and, you know, some guys are heavily weighted on one side or the other and then there's guys that are even keel with both, both aspects. And, you know, exactly very, it's a very uh, uh, similar situation. So, uh, Lorenzo, thanks. Thanks for your time and uh, appreciate having you on here. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. God bless till I see you next time.
1: You too. Thank you.